0: Well, hello and good day, beautiful podcast family. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing amazing. And I'm sending you all of my prayers your way to you, your family and your friends, wishing you all the best. We've got an amazing show for you today. We have Cole Rogers on and we're talking about unlocking the code of transformation and freedom. We go into vulnerability as a superpower, benchmark traps, coping mechanisms, the importance of our network, mistaking movement for progress, trading health for wealth, the stoic philosophy of meditating on your mortality, why every man needs a mission, uh, the Japanese concept of Kokoro, engaging in the path, being blissfully detached, and so much more. This is a fantastic episode. I know that you're going to enjoy it, and if you do, please take a moment to leave a review, and iTunes share episodes far and wide. Consider becoming a member at MattBelair.com. If you want to support the show, you can become a member for free or by donation if you want. And if you want to work with me and you're looking to really get clear on what your life purpose is, what your life path is, and how to architect a way to engage in that more and potentially have that be your new job, your new career, so you can transition into a more meaningful, purposeful, and balanced life, if that sounds interesting to you, hit me up mattbelaircom forward slash coaching i also work with people on peak performance overcoming limiting beliefs challenges and basically everything in between so if i can support you please let me know and uh, as always the best way to support this show is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world so let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, muscle, and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, faith, courage, power, and get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with Cole Rogers. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is the founder of School of Man an organization that builds real men through a raw and real vulnerability in order to crack the code to have it all. He is a leading minister of impact who has come from the brink of divorce, battling substance abuse to completely transform himself and unlock the code of freedom. Welcome to the show, Cole Rogers.
1: My man, I can't thank you enough. Anytime I get the opportunity Just to to connect, I'm extremely grateful. In fact, that's what I was journaling about in my battle guide, something I've created six years ago to help me master mind, body and spirit and keep those rhythms going. And I'm a firm believer. I'm a devout spiritualist and I'm a firm believer. We were all put on this earth to simply connect. I mean, everybody communicates, as you know, Matt, you do tons of podcast episodes get to get to meet some incredible people but it's a very rare trait when you have the ability to connect so that's what i'm looking forward to most is connecting with you today with your audience and you know just leaving people better than than i find them so i think that's that's a similar mission we both share brother so extremely grateful
0: well, I appreciate that, man. I'm excited to chat too. I love your work and your bio and, and some of the stuff that I was able to read up before the show. Um, you know, you've had an interesting story and background to get to the work to, yeah, the work you're doing today. So why don't you catch up the audience a little bit about your story and then we'll dive into wherever we want to take this because there's yeah, a lot to take it.
1: Yeah, we'll just let the conversation just flow naturally. and And for the audience that's watching and listening, everything that, I talk about, I always filter through the lens of this is happening for me, not to me. Uh, because our past is not a prologue. That's not who we are. And I, I believe in today's world, and men in particular feel like they're finished products. And we're not. You know, the the, the cool thing, the, the great thing that we have been given is the gift of rebirth, reinvention, whatever it is that you want to call it, right? And our stories, which is what we all are, are, we're all walking stories at the day, can define us in one or two ways. We can either be the goat, the greatest of all time, which if you're to be the goat, you're going to go through the abyss, or you can be the villain. I mean, that's just how it works. And you have to make those choices. And, And I'll kind of start off with this. You know, time for all of us will do two things. It will either promote us or will exploit us. And that's that's a big deal. And, you know, to top that off, we as men, when we were born, we we look like our parents. But where we are now, we look like our decisions and our choices. And that goes in every aspect of our life. So I'm not much on a, a highlight reel. But for the sake, because my story could be a three hour long form podcast, but I will give some key, some key elements from it that I think we can really help one another. And we you can really learn from uh, of what to do, what not to do, but also not to be ashamed of it. Uh, vulnerability is such a superpower. You know, if you've watched the TED Talk to Brene Brown or read her book, you know, she talks about how. That right there, that is the key to really unlocking the code, in, in, in my opinion, and in the first step of experiencing freedom. And really where my story begins, and I'm not going to go from childhood to now, but really over the past six to seven years have been transformational for me. And I work in my core business. I have several businesses, but my core business in particular is in the insurance industry, in the employee benefits consultancy industry. And a lot of times when you're in sales or in business in general, you measure everything based upon, well, the dollar or growth or profit or how big you can grow your business and how big you can grow your bank account and what that lifestyle looks like. And as a man, we get caught in these traps, in particular, the proximities we put ourselves in, and the traps that I, I've been caught in before and every man has been caught in is the benchmarking traps and benchmarking yourself on athletics, women, money, power. Those are things since kids we have been taught, you know, and we have modeled and we've been in these environments that that's all that's been talked about. And where I'm going with that is, you know, in 2016, it was, it was a big year for me because I was, I was basically, I was basically going to lose it all if I did not change the way things were going. Things were going well in my business. And I was moving into the seven figure range and started a business from scratch. My wife and I, we got married really quickly. Ashley, she's the love of my life, she is. God put her in my life for a reason. We met on harmony, and always joked that God knew what He was doing when He when He coded the algorithm and put that old man up on old man up on uh, the screen that I was watching because she was the first date that I went on. But nonetheless, you know, there's <laughs> there's a lot of things that I brought into that relationship, and the number one thing was lying. You know, a lot of us as men. We wanna we wanna turn to vices or coping mechanisms when stress goes up. Mine was the the lying, the white lying in particular and being ashamed because in the first part of our marriage it was tough. It was really tough financially. And when we met, we immediately basically we immediately got married, had one kid. And then the second one, so Ava Madison was born, then Lana was born. We never gave ourselves enough time to actually develop a relationship and know each other. And at that time, because I was scrapping and clawing for income, I had to feed my family. You know, it's coded in our DNA to be providers. And when you don't feel like you're doing that, you, you, you turn to the dark side of your soul, which we all have. I don't care who you are and you know as i'm 39 years young i will never tell anybody i'm old i will as when i'm 50 i'm 50 years young and so on and so forth but at that time you know i was falling into the dogma and the doctrine of being you know just being this fixture within my industry and like hey i got married i got the house i got the kids I've got the job, you know, I'm earning some income. It's the business is sputtering a little bit. Everything will be OK. But I turned to, to Adderall because I came through the time where Adderall really just made its way into the mainstream and we used it in college to cram and then to party. And then I started using it as honestly a performance enhancing drug. I mean, it's, a, it's an amphetamine at the end of the day. And she didn't know any of that. And it wasn't me like taking it every once in a while. No, it was it was to the point where it's like, hey, I'm not gonna perform at an elite level unless I don't find this. And at that same time, I tore my Achilles playing ball, went through two surgeries, staph infection, almost lost my leg, didn't run a mile for almost three years. And my identity was really wrapped up in athletics at that time. Her <laughs> daughter, Ava Madison, flatline on the table. We had an immense amount of debt. She ended up making it, by the way. And here I am trying just to figure out to, to scrap a few pieces of money together to feed my family, pay the mortgage and do everything we're supposed to do as men. So I did what I was. I only knew what to do. And that is just go to level 10 and all in on my business. But I just basically pushed them to the side and that really created a wake of turbulence in my in my life so you know that's how things started for the first really five or six years we were ships passing in the night there was no emotional connectivity i mean there was a point in time where i had to to return a barbecue magazine because we couldn't afford the formula and we weren't going to ask money from our parents right and i say all that And I say all that because it it's important to the context of what led me to having to ultimately make the change. You know, what gets us to where we are in certain points of our life is not going to get you to where you want to go. And the proximities that we place ourselves in equate to the influence that we are experiencing at that time. And the environments that I was in, I was I was. I was long. I was hanging around the wrong people. I know that's simplistic to say and honestly, something we say to our kids is like, you know, we want to know who they're around. We want to know what their environment looks like. We we want them to have a phenomenal network because we understand as adults and as men that equates to your net worth. But the greatest part of our net worth is our self-worth. And, you know, over that six years, first, you know, really when I was first married, due to the lies, due to the shame, due to the self sabotage, I was just checking the box. Hey, as long as the bank account was full, which it started to grow, which was cool to see, then I was good, right? Like, you know, it, it was not about emotional connectivity, it was about sex more than anything. Like, what's in it for me? and you know it, it ended up leading us to therapy which is great because i needed that more than anything that's what happened for me there was some raw and real conversation i've spent thousands of dollars in therapy to be there but really where the journey started is and this is what i'm taking everybody we as men we can mistake movement with progress really easily we can and especially in today's age To where we are getting further and further away from our sovereign selves due to technology, due to everything being at our fingertips. I call it the Amazon Prime lifestyle to where you think that you can hit a button in a package, a.k.a. your result is going to show up at your doorstep on a Tuesday and you ordered it on a Monday and you don't really have to work for it. And it just really reminds me of just the old quote, the old saying that hard times create strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. And every man is in that cycle at at one point in their life. You can identify where you are in it right now. And as a weak man, what does that look like? Well, that's giving in to the darker side of your soul. And you basically saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to pack it in. It's where you quit in the recess of your mind, and you make these little micro tears and micro fractures in your relationships, and you say, "Hey, I'm going to get to it uh, at this point, but you know what? I'll I'll focus on the easier stuff o- over here. I will go. You know, I'm from the south. It could be like a guy goes to deer camp or to duck, you know, duck hunts, you know, or he goes to play golf instead of focusing on the things that matter most, or he plugs himself into His phone, his emails, he fills his schedule up with travel all across the country, and he doesn't take care of his health. And that's another big piece of my story is that I was trading my health. I told you that I almost lost my leg. I blew out my Achilles, two surgeries. There comes a point where so many of us trade our health so early on in our lives for wealth, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves trading our wealth for our health. And so, on September of 2016, I made a decision, and I said, "I'm going all on, all in on me." We were doing well. I purchased a CrossFit gym. I started coaching executives through my Sweat Connect Grow formula. Started seeing success there. My business was booming. I, you know, I felt more at peace. Was meditating deeply, journaling deeply, deep therapy. There was one missing piece. I was still not telling the full truth to my bride. So what I did in order to get what you want, you got to do things that others aren't willing to, do, you know. And so I inserted myself into a three day hell week, Navy SEAL hell week simulation that September. And I had trained for it for over a year and a half. And this is a guy that, like I said, I had. You know, I I had not ran a mile and you're having to meet PT tests and, you know, there's men that are going to be there from across the world, especially from America that are looking to get into the Navy. And that's not what my my MO was. I was going there to be reborn, to put my back against the wall, to fully liberate myself. I had to do something out of my element, something that scared me, that got my heart rate up, that basically said, you know what, you shouldn't be doing this right and, you know, through that experience, I ended up being one out of nine or excuse me, one of nine out of 50 to complete it. And it's an incredible story over three days. And the most incredible part, the most impactful and, and it's full of sad, sadness and sorrow is that my teammate. He passed away at my feet at the very end. And, he, and that was That was a very eye-opening moment Uh, for all of us that were there, in particular me, and I always honor him on every podcast that I get to be on, and it was eye-opening for me for the sheer fact that, A, this world we live in, you're not going to come out of it unscathed, and it's too short for you to not go all in on it. So because at any given second, which I call it the one second contract, it could be up stoicism, meditate on your mortality. You know, that's stoic philosophy. And that's why I wear a necklace around my neck, reminding me of that very thing, memento mori. But when Kirk passed, you know, what really happened and what set an emotion was the true process, what I like to call the path, because. When he passed, a Christian radio show asked me to come on and give my testimony. And I did it in three hours. I talked about the good, the bad, the ugly. And, you know, as a man, it was gratifying. It was liberating. And I had been in therapy to tell my full story. But there was one person that had not heard it all. Ashley. She was listening. And it was my third strike with her. You know, what sends you, you know, what, what sends most guys to the therapist is the divorce attorney. And that's what typically happens for me. I'd already been there. I've been in there for two years. And JC McDaniel that next week looked at me with her crying and, and just looked at me, and said, I, I don't know what to do for you. I'm disappointed in you. And there I was again, you know, I, there she's on one end of the couch there. I'm on the other end of the couch. My head's in my hands. And I, I was a weak man. You know, but that was now at that time I was going through hard times and, and I had to embrace the fact that at this point, if I want things to truly change. I would have to become an, an unreasonable man to where I make the world adapt to me, because that's where the progress truly becomes, because I was tired of hurting her and I was hurting my future self, too. And it was that one missing link of. You know finally liberating myself knowing that it was going to be a long road knowing that it was going to no words were going to repair what had gone on within our marriage it was only action at that point and it was reciprocating without expecting anything in return and that's how school of man got its start Uh, it was not designed out of a business plan it wasn't that i looked at a market and i said man we need to positively disrupt the men's groups that are attached to churches in this world, because they're not producing results. No, it, it, that's not how things started. With some, it started with me, the man in the mirror, mentoring another guy, and it became an organic grass movement here locally at, in, in Little Rock. And now we've got I don't know over thirty thousand men and growing every day involved in the organization in some form of capacity. But that's how it was was founded. It was founded on my pain. That's how our ethos was crafted by the very first class, class one of school of man, the OGs. And we built a curriculum around really, you know, my situation because I had to win her heart back. And our ethos calls for I need to be the man that my wife dreams of at night but gets to wake up and two gets to wake up two in the morning. It's a tall drink of water. That's a tall drink of water. And everything we were doing, I was basically creating an environment for myself because I didn't align with men's groups in this town. I wanted hard accountability. I wanted attention to results. And the other thing too, that I've learned along the way, and it's been written about for thousands of years, is you can see it in Buddha, you can see it in Jesus, you can see it back to the Spartans, you can see you can just all the way back to the beginning of time, every man needs a mission. He needs a mission and he needs a mission that he can work alongside fellow brothers with. He doesn't need to show up once a week and expect things to change. No, he needs to be put into pressure situations, environments that are forced function him to grow and come clean or get your butt cut out of the, you know, of the group because we're dependent upon you and you're dependent upon us. And that's what's happened over six years. And I'll tell you Matt, when you know the japanese call it kokoro when when the when the mind connects with our heart really where i felt that was last year and in some you earn artificial insignia called the phoenix it can take some guys upwards of four years it's like jujitsu you know it's it's a long process we call it the path and there's specific phases to it and there's crucibles that have come along the way but when my daughter rested her head on my chest last year. and We were going through a lot as a family. All that training I had done up to that point, it was worth this one thing she said to me. And she said, dad, you're the greatest man in this world that I know. And she fell asleep on my chest. And it was when Ashley was gone, her father was in the hospital for 67 days last year. We had learned that her son is on the, you know, is on the autism spectrum. My mom's cancer was back. My sister has cancer. You know, all these things are going on, right? If that would have happened six years prior, I can guarantee you it would have, it would have officially severed my marriage. It really would have. And that's just my story. Like, and that's just what I'm out there preaching the raw, the real to guys on, you know, what is peak performance? truly look like and I've done a lot of incredible things in between right like I'm on an incredible journey right now and um you know but I'm always I always tell men that if it's if you never back anything up with emotion you're not gonna you're not going to produce what you truly most desire and I'm just one of those you have to constantly rebuild a future self and reverse engineer behind back from that guy understanding that along the way, on the path. It's not a four-lane highway. It's not um, It's not going to be sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns all day. It's going to rain. It's going to hell. It's going to thunder. But I can promise you when you take it, and as steep as it might be, there are going to be phenomenal vantage points that, um, that you get to see inside your soul. So, you know, that's a piece of my story. At the end of the day, there's a lot more to it, but uh, we can unpack some some gold that a lot of people can use and a lot of men and women can use just daily to, to be better than they were yesterday.
0: Well, I appreciate you sharing that entire story. I think for a lot of people just to hear what you overcame is inspiring in itself. I know a lot of people, go through similar circumstances, whether it's the spouse scenario or it's the finance scenario or it's the health scenario. It's a, mm-hmm. it's something that's going on that's incredibly challenging. Um, and then one of those areas affects all the other areas. If your health is mm-hmm. going to crap, it's probably going to affect your relationships. If your finances aren't in order, to, it can affect your relationships and your mm-hmm. health. And so finding that balance is, is incredibly critical. And you keep re- framing it as the path and the journey. And I really like that. And one of the one of the things i know you talk about is this idea to create lasting freedom and and mm-hmm. not to just exist and this is something that for me has always been a theme and was always something curious for me why my friends never thought like that they're just like well i'm going to get this job and i'm going to go like this and I'm like well who are you what do you want to explore what's most meaningful to you you know and i just found it so interesting and it does seem like a big distinction between existing and living and thriving and really uh, knowing who you are. And so I'd be curious your thoughts on, on that process to create lasting freedom and what that definition is for you and how to you know live, live fully.
1: Yeah, so it's a, it's a great question. And, and one I posed to my men at headquarters this morning was, what are the things 20 years from now you're going to be disappointed because you didn't do them? versus the, you know first the things that you probably won't remember. I mean, family wise, it's all about memories and experiences. That's all we can take with us. In the first paragraph of the ethos, our constitution, my personal constitution, something I say to myself every day. It's it's like a daily prayer for me. Is that. As a man, I will treat every day as my last. I will take on the everyday responsibilities as a man with a warrior mentality. I will not exist. I will live. I'm loyal to God, myself, my family, my brothers and my wife. And I'll give my all to better myself daily. You know, lasting freedom. Freedom is a constant pursuit. And you, when you're able to be blissfully detached from the outcomes, That is a major step in the direction of lasting freedom, because so many of us are so attached to whether it be our phone or paycheck benefits. I don't care what it is. When you have the ability to say I can walk away at any time, regardless of money, regardless of status. You've you've really started to unlock the code. This stuff isn't new. This has gone on for thousands of years, but for me, I would say, man, it goes back to that first sentence. If I were to truly treat each day as it is my last, the eighty six thousand four hundred seconds that we have, and you see it in movies, you see people writing about it, but when it's different though, when you truly live it, adventure becomes your top priority. So you live in a place to where you get to experience a tremendous amount of adventure. Is it truly adventurous for someone to go to their nine to five every day on concrete and just do that day in, day out and say, you know what? I'll take a vacation when or when we get to this place, they think that success is a specific destination. They never measure back on their progress. They're always looking at things from the gaps in their life. If you show them a picture, I guarantee you, it's a black and white. They're going to look at the black versus the light, or the white, if you will. That's how they see things. That's how we've been trained. And to me, that's I'm not saying that you don't like. I'm not saying money's a bad thing. Uh, everybody needs to be financially financially free and have an abundance mindset. And that's another key aspect is the abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. Uh, It's just absolutely key and from a freedom because, you know, when I and I would say that. The majority of my life, I've not been free and I still find times that I want to slip back into former self ways. But I always go back to that first paragraph of my ethos and I always go back to just understanding you know what I've been through and I'm not sharing everything in detail because like I said it would take me forever to do that but just my life experiences have taught me to never ever 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 take this day for granted and get back into just the gratitude piece of things too and the perspective I mean you know as I was driving to pick up my son today I pull up at a stop sign and there to my left is a mother with her daughter, who, by the way, is disabled, can barely walk. But she's out there walking with a walker. This girl couldn't be 13, 14 years old. Walking, mind you, to the stop sign. Now, if that was all that she did for today, and maybe her house was three doors down, I don't know. That's living in my book. That is someone that is not using any excuse. But we have a lot of people out there that are perfectly healthy. That just simply exist, that simply don't feed their mind. They think they're finished and they're not. And so that's just me. That's just I mean, that's a long answer to your question. I think it just really goes back to how I started it off. It's like you're going to be more disappointed in the things you didn't do versus the things you did do. In me, where I am, adventure is a top priority for me and bringing my family along for the adventure is a top priority for me. I mean, it's, you know, doing things that just absolutely scare the crap out of you, too, even if it's just public speaking. Right. So those are just all things. that. But you got to actively make a choice. You just have to actively make a choice.
0: Yeah. And it sounds like the trap of comfort. And I'm wondering if that's one of the the traps you, you use that analogy before that phrase for it. I feel like the trap of comfort is something that many people get lost in, right? And the way that our society is set up, and I feel like our influences is set up, it's so that we try to find a job that we can do that we don't hate that makes us enough money so that on the weekends, we can go hang out. You know, it's just like, what's the easiest path to this financial stability? And then, you know, you have your family and stuff, but it's not really this idea of growing, you know, and having this mission, which is much deeper. And it definitely is a calling and a choice, but I feel it's that comfort zone, you know, it's like, we got a little bit more overweight in these generations because everything is a little bit easier. You know, back in the day, you might have to hunt a little bit more, so you'd have strong legs, and you'd have all this right. Your and you would be really grateful for the food too that you would get that could feed you and your family and your friends, and it would it would create a different result. There's even these images of the '70s beaches where everybody's in shape, and that's do the different foods, but now also we have access to, you know, these foods that aren't good for us and we get in this comfort zone. So we're sitting more, we're eating the comfort foods. We're just kind of getting, it's like your, it's the analogy of uh, drowning or free- freezing to death where it just kind of s- mm-hmm. this slow comfort and all of a sudden it's got you and you can't move. You're stuck in quick- quicksand now. And so if you w- can become aware of that, I feel like that's the first key. And then you can find that inspiration and energy to move into something a little bit more aligned and energetic and meaningful by whatever your standards
1: are yeah and to that point i get asked all the time it's like Man, why did you embark on this journey and like you've done three days of hell week you're one of nine out of 50 to graduate 24 hours of burpees it's the first one to set that world record eight miles of lunges, 24-hour event, 55-hour crucible in Somme, and now I'm on a a path to doing 24 hours of Murph, and been training for it for two and a half years, right? So now keep in mind, and this is what I always tell people, is like there's plenty of influencers out there that are going to post all that type of stuff, but they could have just a complete wreck of a home life. And, and that's just the truth, because for alpha males in particular, we're an endangered species. And so part of my why is to help men that are in the alpha category and labels can hurt people. We know that if you allow them. But on the alpha male side, my job is to help those men be reborn to be the healthy version of the alpha. Right. And a, a lot of times we want to hide in plain sight. So when people ask me, it's like, well, how did you really get your start? Well, I didn't really have a choice. I mean, it was pain or pleasure. I, I, we get kind of enamored by these influencers. And where I'm going with that is, it's like, hey, cut out the noise. Don't be the person that says, you know what? Until I lose rate, weight, uh, then I'll start running. That makes no sense. That makes zero sense, right? Right. If you can't run, then you walk. If you can't walk, you freaking crawl. But how bad are you truly wanting to live or you wanting to exist? Because you're going to have to pay the man at some point. It's going to come at some point. I don't care who you are. You're either going to pay now or you're going to pay later. That's There's a payment system for every single one of us. And to that point, like that's where that weak man will create a hard time in you. Don't know what that hard time looks like in your life. And I'm not talking politically. I'm not talking about, you know, where we are as a, as, a, as a country, as a world. I'm talking about your specific life. And you can watch the YouTube videos all day long. You can listen to guys like me. You know, you're not going to, I would not go to a dentist who has jacked up teeth. So I certainly wouldn't follow somebody who isn't, you know, they don't do what they say and say what they do. You know, find people further down the path than you, yes, that are truly doing it the right way, that are vulnerable. Say they're perfectly flawed, but they get up every single day. They consistently show up, which is such an incredible attribute that very few talk about. The consistency creates credibility in your life and increases your self-worth. But focus on you. Don't benchmark you versus somebody on a YouTube video. Be the YouTube video. There's a major difference there. You can watch Goggins all day long. And I love listening to David Goggins. I love reading David Goggins book. I'm not trying to be David Goggins, you know, and he's he's inspired so many people with his story, which is incredible. However, if all I was doing is looking at the lens and trying to measure myself with David Goggins, I have no clue what type of father that man is. Sure. Again, I'm not taking anything away from that. What I'm basically saying in all of that is take things, make them your own, but focus on your life and the level of impact that you're having on those around you. That's the true measure of a man and a true measure of a woman in my book. And slowly but surely, that comfort looks a lot different and you're seeking discomfort. Like me running in the rain with my boys this morning or when I look outside and it's raining. inside. I was like, yep, it's time to train because it's sunny and 70 in this head. Right. It's a time. It's just time. It's a muscle. It's one of those things you just have to keep finding. You got to find that nerve and you got to go all in on it. So if it's public speaking, which is for a lot of people, start a damn podcast. Who cares if nobody listens? Just start there. Right. Put yourself in those environments that are going to force function you to be a new person that's going to force function you to to really embark on the chase.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I like the idea as well that it's discipline over motivation. And if you're waiting for the right feeling to do anything, you're going to be waiting a long time. There's a great book as well called the war of art by Stephen Pressfield. Oh yeah. And, oh, yeah. you yeah. No, know, it just basically talks about doing it. And that's the one thing that I learned in martial arts is just being uncomfortable, show up no matter what, it doesn't matter. You know, if you're not feeling your well, if kick. you're, yeah, exactly. And, Get that, your ass
1: and
0: that's something where I feel like, especially with men and, and women can certainly relate as well is that it's the growth in something can teach you how to grow in other things. And that's why, Sports for me has been so important and critical. When wanted to, you know, in my own life, but also when I'm teaching sports and I'm helping people go through that, I was like, well, if you can master this, you can take this skill to your business. You can take it to the other mm-hmm. things. And the one thing in sport that they leave out from the martial arts perspective, I think you're touching on, is the balance, is the inner world, is the inner reflection. When I was training with the Shaolin monks, you know, we had the meditation piece in the morning, um, and then the crazy physical beats in the afternoon and whatever kind of torture they were going to give us, but it's these balanced worlds and it's up to you to define what that balance is. And many people don't even figure out what that is. You know, you look at your health, your wealth, your relationships, and what is most important to you, then create around that. And those biggest gaping holes, you can look at putting the work necessary to fill those gaps. And one of the things that they listed here that I really like when they were talking about topics was uh, shifting your mindset and and the idea of it takes mm. the same amount of energy to think small as it does big. And mm. how do you see this as as related to limiting beliefs or if somebody's looking to make a change, right? Maybe they have a job at a nine to five and they say, you know what, but yeah. I got to pay the bills. And going over here is going to be very scary. I do have a few ideas or maybe they never thought about it. However, let's say they're thinking about it and they're too worried, right? They got to pay the bills. They've got mouths to feed and it's risky. And so how do they How do they use that mindset to to begin taking action?
1: That's a, another great question. And, and actually, we do a lot of coaching in Song with a lot of our men that get, get stuck in that Nine to five mindset, that middle class mindset. If you want to kind of frame it that way, it the first part about limiting beliefs. There's always a liberating truth. I don't care who you are. There's no matter what obstacle you want to put in the way. You know, a good example is this. So I'm taking a group to Greece in 2024, we're marching the same path Leonidas and his 300 marched from Sparta to Thermopylae. To the hot gates it's 242 miles we're doing it in eight days okay well it's roughly for a couple 10 to 12 grand to go so the first thing the mind wants to do and this is where i will start is first and foremost understand the physiological aspect of us as humans understand how your brain works understand how neurology works get engulfed with truly becoming limitless understand how the amygdala works, understand how cortisol hits your bloodstream, understand where fear truly comes from and anxiety and so on and so forth. Once you have a good understanding of how your body works, how your brain works, how the mind is actually separate from your brain, and you understand the premise behind neuroplasticity and and gray matter and all that stuff. And I know it sounds probably for some super boring. However, it's very important if you're looking to make these shifts, these lasting changes, to where these patterns in your life that might that might include self sabotage, they get further, 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 further away from each other. So, taking a group to Greece, we're getting it kicked off. What do you think? Money? Who's going to watch our kids? I can't take off that long of work, and you know, time away. Seventeen. Days in in Greece. Why in the hell would I want to ruck with you for 242 miles from Sparta to Thermopylae to the Hot gauge, Right. So we have been programmed to make all these excuses and or and or cr- create this type of speculation that drives fear. And we haven't even approached. We haven't even gotten to that bridge yet. We haven't even, you know. Things have, we're not in Greece yet. Boots aren't dry on the ground in Greece, et cetera. And yet we're already at at phase one, creating all these obstacles that are in our way, which the obstacle at the end of the day is the freaking way. So when someone's dealing with limiting beliefs, like when we're in Psalm and they're going through our accelerator program, it's a coaching program that they're doing with men in their class, right? That is the freshman phase curriculum. And again, the the key there is, and I I said it earlier, and I did it more kind of in a quote unquote scientific way, is to create a deeper level of understanding of self first. You're not going to automatically flip the switch. You don't have that muscle inside of you. In fact, if you're that person, it's just like, okay, jujitsu, you're not going to start out as a black belt, my friend. (laughs) go get your ass kicked over and over and over again right that's how it works that's kind of the arena you're going to operate in understanding the entire time you're gaining inch by inch by inch on your future self so having a deeper level of depth to your current self writing that letter out of to your former self thanking them for getting you here, but saying, hey, these attributes I see in myself no more. And then reverse engineering back from a future self is key. So when you get into the limiting beliefs, number one, they're all BS, they're all bullshit. Let's just call it what it is. You've manifested them and or you have this upper limit effect that every time you crank up your internal thermostat to let's just call it 100, you want to cool yourself back down to 60. Maybe you don't feel like you're deserving of success or you have imposter syndrome, whatever it might be. So the level of awareness has to go beyond the surface and that takes time. That's just it. I I don't know how else to put it to people. You can't microwave any of this stuff. But when you look at limiting beliefs, I mean, I can look at all day long that I'm 5'8". So, my God, I'm short, so I would never be able to do X, Y, and Z in basketball or blah, 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 blah. No, the liberating truth is I'm quick, The liberating truth. I'm smart on the court. The liberating truth is, is that I love to lead. I'm a team guy, right? Like that's just a, a, an easy example, but it, the limiting beliefs in today's world is, man – I make eighty grand. I'm just, you know, I work in this job. I get these benefits. I can't leave. I can't leave. I can't leave. The liberating truth is you can. You just right now have developed such a a wall in your mind uh, that you're only worth so much. Because the liberating truth is you have more power inside of you than you actually realize. And when you put your back up against the wall, you can move forward with it but it really goes down to the depths of learning who you are at the core and then that's when you're going to start finding out truly what your liberating truths are and those are the shifts in the mindset and that's what has worked for me is just again i keep going back to the george bernard shaw quote the reasonable man adapts himself to the world the unreasonable man makes the world adapt to him therefore all progress lies on the unreasonable man and the minute you start learning how to make the world adapt to you, that's when your self-worth, the liberating truth, start coming. And when you do hard stuff, I mean, let's just call it what it is. When you do things that are rewarding to you, I don't care if it's running a mile without stopping for the first time to, you know, taking on a new role or taking on some ownership uh, within your place of business or wherever you work, or you know what, maybe once as a man, you schedule the babysitter, you set everything up for date night. you do all that. Those are important elements to your overall growth as a man,
0: yeah, I agree, and you shared a lot of important points there, and the biggest one is just know thyself. I think that was brought up be. a lot of the last podcast. you know 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 thyself, and then realizing when you are aware of who you are that you truly have infinite potential because. It is my belief, anyway, that we are, you know, connected to God. You know, the Tao, the Great yep. Spirit. We are a part of that, and so, I agree. You know, it's my belief as well that that force, or God, is the thing that wants the most for you, and that helps other people. It serves humanity. It serves the creation here for you to be your fully realized self, and to. But that's going to take radical honesty. It's going to take. You know, first, like you said, moving through the shadow stuff of the parts of you that are holding you back, the parts of you that are creating trauma and anger or discord within yourself and your family and relationships. And then, so once you know who you are, you're a little bit lighter. And then from there, you can begin designing your life by your own terms, by your own inspirations, by Uh, your own things that you believe will make impact on other people. Because when people come from that type of entrepreneurial spirit, where they feel whole, happy, complete, harmonious, and they know themselves, they want to share that feeling. They want to do something useful. Never do they go, oh, I feel great right now. I want to create a business that's going to make people feel terrible. It's usually they want to create some sort of service and impact. And I'd be curious your advice for people who are looking to kind of find the thing that, you know, they don't know where to redirect, right. their kind of employee mindset where they've, they've got this job and they haven't really engaged with the entrepreneurial spirit and the idea, a lot of people talk about it, you know, turning your, your passion into profit. It's like, that's great. But then what's, what's the, how, how do we begin that journey? And then just stay on the path when it gets a little bit rocky, because there was a few podcasts, a I did where people just talked about the importance of knowing that that journey is going to be challenging and knowing that you can overcome those challenges. And like you said, it's not all sun and rainbows. So if you're engaging in this path of doing what you're inspired to do, it's not like you just quit your job. You start this new thing. You got hundred K or plus coming in and you're only growing. It's you're going to be dealing with a lot of the challenges when you embark on that journey.
1: The number one tactic And take this to the bank and I'm an entrepreneur to the core. It is one of the hardest things anybody can do. But when you understand this formula and you leverage it to your advantage, your who is greater than your how. When you leverage that, okay, then you're on to something. The second piece is where do people, you know, turn your passion into profit? Well, I will be honest with you. A lot of times we're so fixated on money because our life depends on it because that's how we feed our family and so on and so forth that we get, we we rush into things or we make knee jerk reactions. You know, you don't want to stall out, you don't want to be stuck. And this is what I tell people that, you know, I coach the best thing that I've done is, you know, I'm per. I use my core business to be the investment vehicle for other businesses, right? Until I reach certain levels that I transcend, then I make that move. I know that I'm not going to stay here, but I also know that why would I abandon cash flow to help me launch whatever it is that I'm launching myself into, And going back to what you said, you know, we can all say that the path is rocky. We can all say that it's not sunshine, rainbows and unicorns. And, yeah, all that's true. But for those that are looking to turn their passion into profit, the number one thing you're going to need to do is stack the deck in your favor first. Stack the deck in your favor first and never abandon your core business. Use it. Leverage it. Now, if it's just pitiful and it's miserable, then, of course, get the heck out of there. Right. But leverage that first. Second piece of it is you need to leverage your who. Some of you might not have a strong who, a strong network. That's okay. There are people out there like me and like Matt, and there's people that are further down the path in certain areas that love to share, that love to mentor, that love to coach. So that's really the, the second tactic as you're putting it together is don't go at it alone because the solo entrepreneur is not an entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, we've all had to wear multiple hats. We've all had to run payroll. We've had to run, you know, worry about cash flow up and down, so on and so forth, How uh, you know, all that. Right. Well the minute you start decentralizing that command and you start growing and you start the faster you can get to scale whatever idea it is and you're blissfully detached. You got to be smart. Yes. You've got to make money. You got to make profit. If you don't make profit, you don't have a business. But if all I'm doing is fixated on that dollar over here, then is it truly a passion? Is it truly your purpose? That, and That's where I always question. you know, like, so when I started some, Tom's a very successful business. We've got a for-profit and we got a nonprofit. My core business, I love it. I love everything that comes with it. It's insurance. People don't wake up and say, I want to get into insurance. That's not what they dream of as kids. That's not the piece <laughs> that excites me, right? Like when you're asked, hey, what do you want grow- to be when you grow up? It's not, hey, I want to be an insurance salesman. You know, in in the world that I work in, I work in emotion, I work in employee benefits, I work in culture, I work in, you know, helping large corporations with multi thousand employees with their employee well-being. Uh, You know, that's what I deal in. I deal in leadership. I deal. So that stuff really fills my cup. Have I thought about leaving? Damn right. I have people leave organizations due to lack of leadership lack of culture, and then not being able to fit their dream inside the dream, but don't do it too soon. Always evaluate and say, is the grass truly greener on the other side? Second, when I launch some, because I have good income coming in, I have a real estate investment company as well. You know, I've got a CrossFit gym, which that's just a passion project. I never did that to make a ton of money. It's CrossFit, right? Like, it was for me to develop what psalm is today you know that was the that was the incubator and you know me and help refine me and then there's some we've grown at 40 percent year over year plus you know more than that but you know for me i just continue to feed back into my passion quote-unquote project So that it grows because legacy is by far more important to me. But what I've learned over six years is that at first I thought I had to do everything myself, everything. Now, if you're and I'm getting into business now, if you're leveraging capital and you're leveraging money from whether it's investors or the bank, I don't know what your business might be. I get it. There's a timeline here. But you don't do things on your own. Google did not grow to itself by just them being solo. Apple didn't get where Apple is. It goes always back to if you've got a phenomenal idea, you're passionate about it, you're purposeful about it, you execute on it consistently. And then you start surrounding yourself with people that are smarter than you. It will grow faster versus you trying to go at it alone. And that's the lessons that I have really learned along the way. You can have all the systems. You can have all the traction that you want. But if you don't have the right people, you don't have people that are smarter than you and you have to bust down your ego to say, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be the CEO. Maybe I should let someone else step up. They're further down the path. Make the proper sacrifices, too, along the way to achieve what you want. It's the... It's the same same conversation I had with another guy in Song. He's looking at leaving his, you know, corporate gig, making 80 grand, insurance is paid for. You know, in America, that's a big deal. And, you know, he's like, man, I, I'm thinking about going to this commission's only job. I said, okay, first and foremost, I'm I'm excited that you're thinking like this. I'm excited that your mind is now there. We've been telling you this for three years, but let's not make a knee-jerk reaction. Right. Let's not make a knee jerk reaction. You flip houses. You got a great little construction company on the side. You Love doing that. You got some passive income coming in. But with your talents and your attributes, so many people sell themselves short. They just do. This goes back to the limiting beliefs. And, and that's what we've been able to walk him through. It's like, OK, instead, here's an emerging organization who's doing great work. God's work, you know, local here, but they're international, too. And they're in the coffee you can walk into that, make hundred thousand with benefits, and make upwards of X, Y, and Z. That gives you more experience, more exposure, gets you out of your environment, and helps you fund this piece you've got going over here with with real estate, which is what you want to do. And you also want to lead, and you want to coach within some, and there's income potential there too. I mean, that's a lot. I'm sorry, like I, I kind of <laughs> went off on a tangent there, my friend.
0: Yeah. No, I think that was great. And I like the bringing up the point that you don't need to evaporate your existing income I feel like a lot of people think it's an all or nothing scenario and sometimes it comes to that because you've what you've get been getting the signals that you're unhappy and you keep doing work that you're unhappy with and then it gets to a boiling point where you go through a midlife crisis that's because you weren't listening to signals from before yeah so you know you can start step by step and if you do that daily for a year who knows where you're going to be and you combine that with self-reflection and clarity a little bit of action Prayer and some effort, you're gonna you're gonna begin having clarity and results and knowing where you're going. Meanwhile, you're gonna have stabilized money because if you don't have money, then you're gonna have to go back and you're gonna have to make that money again to get your you know your safety net. You know, step one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and then move on to the next step. And it also shows that you need to be willing to put in the effort because entrepreneurship can be very challenging and it can take a lot of effort to. Uh, you know, go forward and there's no guarantees and you might get a few failures. So if you can at least stabilize those different things, um, you know, when I was doing some coaching today with a, with a young man I'm working with, it was like, oh, I kind of forgot about this, but I made, you know, I was doing marketing consulting for car dealerships so I could travel the world and fully immerse myself in the training and the education that I wanted. And what I did was I found a need and a way to make them profit through something that that was, uh, took very little of my time and that paid the way for me to do all these things. And so, you know, with that mindset, I was able to kind of shape things around it, but I needed that baseline so I could go and do all the other things that I wanted to do. So all of our situations are very unique and it's just that little bit over time. You don't have to rush it. It's not, you know, a 30 days and then you get this new scenario. It's a little bit over time. Give yourself, you know, a year or even, I like the idea of 10 years, you know? try to rush everything it's like okay you know what yes you're overweight or you know what your job sucks or you know what we gotta we gotta everything is effed up you relay, yeah okay cool got it one day at a time 10 years from now give yourself that space and that freedom it takes away that edge you know what i mean it's like when people try to lose weight they try to lose weight in a week and they try to do this thing in a week and it never works because it's too intense Give yourself 10 years because you're going to create the habits, the beliefs, the foundations necessary to fully recreate who you are to get the results that you want.
1: Yeah. And I'll, I'll finish on this, on that point, you're spot on and everybody needs to look at everything as an investment versus cost. Like you got you to gotta look at those two things. Everybody wants to talk about what they want to achieve no one's willing to talk about what they're wanting that, that they're going to have to sacrifice. <laughs> and, and it's just the truth. I mean, I've been doing this for goodness gracious, going on close to 20 years. And I don't want to say I'm a 20 year overnight success, but that's just how the world works. Plain and simple, but yeah, you're spot on. We could go all day long on that piece.
0: Yeah, man. Well, you know, I I think all of this has been phenomenal. I talked to you all day, but I know you have family visiting, and I want to respect the time. You probably got some people out there you want to say hello to. So I'll just go back to you and say, you know, is there anything that you wish that we we had talked about, or that you want to leave the listeners with before we close this awesome podcast?
1: You know, no, not really. I think what I would love to just leave all the listeners with uh, is this: if you walk into any room and you Basically, make the statement it can be nonverbal or it can be verbal that I'm here to leave people better than I found them. Then I can promise you this everything that you want in this life, it will come to you tenfold. That's the greatest tithing you can honestly do. If you can literally walk in that room, a meeting, your community, your church, your brother, I don't care what it is, your family, you say, You know what? I'm truly here that to to have an impact. Don't overthink stuff like that. It go. It's it's the number one principle that has worked for me time and time again. So that's what I will leave everybody with.
0: I love that. What a beautiful thought and intent. Um, where can the listeners find you if they want to look at your work? If they want to stay in touch, where should sure. They go?
1: Yeah. So for one, you can find me on all the social media channels, not all, but, you know, Facebook, Instagram. I I do a lot on LinkedIn just because of my professional network. So you can get to see every aspect of my life there at Cole Rogers, Rogers with a D. Uh, And then School of Man, of course, follow us uh, on, on the social platforms and get involved there. You know, we offer so much within the SOM to better men by helping you focus on what matters most. We got a new program out called The Path, and we take you through our curriculum, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior phases. It's phenomenal. You know, take a look at that. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just wanting to to do our part in putting a, a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs famously said.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you and your work and sharing your wisdom on the podcast. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Have a great day, bud. Peace. Thanks, Matt. My pleasure. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely exceptional Cole Rogers. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, as always, please share it far and wide. Consider leaving a review. Become a member if you wish to support the show. But I just appreciate your time and attention and hope that this episode brought you in value and can improve your life. If you want to work with me, you can check out the Soul Compass course, which is in the membership. That helps you get clear on your life purpose, your life path, so that you don't go to the grave with regrets. We can work one-on-one and you could also check out the Zen Athlete Peak Performance course and book as well so thank you guys so much for listening I appreciate you let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close this show wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell, muscle and fiber of your being with joy, peace, contentment, power, faith, courage and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.